This is Cruise Radio. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. A review of Norwegian Bliss today. We'll check in with meteorologist Greg D. about the incident that happened with Viking Sky over in Norway. And Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. But first things first, Action News meteorologist Greg D. is here. Of course, the Viking cruises, Viking Sky, got stuck in some nasty weather over in the North Sea over the weekend. And, uh, I mean, if, if you've seen the footage anywhere on TV or any of the reporting or on social media, it wasn't pretty for Viking Sky. So Greg joins us on the line. Hey, Greg. Hey there, Doug. Thanks for having me. So, Greg, obviously a couple of things into play here with the Viking Sky incident that happened on Saturday over in Norway. Um, One with the oil levels, which we'll talk about with Sherry here in a few moments. But secondly, the weather. Is weather like this in Northern Europe, is it predictable or totally random? The weather in the North Atlantic this time of year is actually what that ship experienced quite often. Uh, This is a typical weather pattern at the end of March, the beginning of spring as we transition through seasons. And in this case, it really was no different. The model started indicating a very strong storm in that part of Northern Norway, Seven days before the ship set sail into that location. In fact, the forecast became really confident right about Wednesday or Thursday. The incident itself happened on Saturday, so there was plenty of warning there. The conditions over the North Atlantic at that time, over 17 hours of 40-foot waves average 40-foot waves. Some of those waves could have reached 60 feet. Winds in excess of 50, 60, 70 miles an hour. In fact, the town where the ship ended up uh, going into uh, after the incident had a wind gust to near 70 miles an hour. Uh, The ship was close to shore, but of course, the issue was the engine failure, which was something that was not planned for. Had the engines not failed, the ship probably would have made it back to a close port to dock and wait the storm out within one to two hours. It really wasn't far offshore. The issue, of course, was the engine failure. So more of these storms are likely through the North Atlantic over the next uh, couple of months. So hopefully these ships will stay in port the next time we get one of these large North Atlantic systems. Action News meteorologist Greg D. As always, thank you, buddy. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me. Sherry, I think Greg hit it on the head. The bad weather plus the engine failure in the report came out today that oil levels were running a little bit low on Viking Sky. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the investigators actually turn up. Yeah, if the oil levels were low and the ship started to list back and forth, the oil would not have enough strength to get through the pipes and they shut down the system, apparently. Let's back up here. So we we got word of this on Saturday. We started seeing reports on the European news networks and it made its way over to the U.S. networks where Viking Sky was sailing off the coast of Norway it sailed into questionable weather because they they didn't know about this weather because, as Greg just said, it was known for a while. That's when the um, the incident happened. And, I mean, it looks like this ship got pretty close to shore. It was. It was less than two miles offshore, closer to about a mile when it finally dropped anchor. It just looked like it was a horrendous event. Yeah, the, the captain was aware of the storm. And uh, it was just one of those things where people are just trapped and it must have been 
terrifying. The waves did reach up to 40 to 60 feet. Winds were gusting generally around 40 to 50 miles per hour, but it was reported in a nearby port, wind gusts of 70 miles an hour. They took 479 passengers ashore. You know, that still left 900 passengers and crew sitting on board till the next day. And then around noon, the Finnish captain ordered the Aravac to cease. Um, they did start one engine, probably when the ship was, you know, pretty much stabilized. And escorted by tugboats, they limped into, into the nearby Norwegian port of Molde late Sunday afternoon. And then the ship got towed to dry dock where it's sitting one cruise out, getting repaired, then should resume service on its next scheduled cruise. Kind of a weird day for cruise ships because Holland America had a little blip on Saturday afternoon. They did. It was the new, new Stottendam. It was en route from St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands to their private beach at Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. And the ship experienced technical issue with one of its diesel generators. And then as a result of that, Uh, There was a blackout overnight until almost 7 a.m. It was reported that the captain did come on the speakers and reassured everyone that they were safe. The weather was still calm. Due to the delay, the scheduled port call at Half Moon Key, of course, was canceled. The repair has since been completed, and New Stottendam did dock in Fort Lauderdale right on time on March 24th. This next story, a little odd, reports of bed bugs on a cruise ship turned hotel over in Long Beach. Yeah, this was from a lawsuit that was filed back in February of 2018, and it's now getting a lot of publicity. Apparently, a couple had decided to spend a pre-cruise night aboard the Queen Mary. You know, she that's the ship, the iconic Cunard ship from way back. It's been a hotel for ages docked in Long Beach, California. So they thought they'd spend their night on the Queen Mary and then the next morning sail away on another cruise. Well, the woman was so badly bitten and then she had an allergic reaction. So she had to go to the hospital and this lawsuit is just continuing. Well, it should be a clean hotel after this story. That's for sure. Celebrity Summit, a ship that came out in 2001, just underwent a massive dry dock and is back in service. Yeah, and this is one, this is the a ship that everybody loves. Everyone, you know, every cruise line has their old ship that people flock to. And the summit is one of those. And the ship recently spent 31 days in dry dock for a bow to stern transformation. It began on February 17th and just celebrated out of San Juan. Among the renovations, they completely redesigned the staterooms, suites, and all of the bathrooms. They've converted the old Michael's Club into a rich it's called the retreat it's an open-air hideaway for the suite guests then it has a sun deck and a lounge and a bar and then they've redone all the restaurants the bars and the lounges this is one of those like you mentioned the edge revolution the spa and casino were redone they've replaced all the soft goods the you know all the linens are the special celebrity mattresses and things so in addition to all of the parts and pieces and moving things that were done. They've added 30 new staterooms, and among that, it includes 13 new aqua-class staterooms. They have seven new ocean view staterooms and 10 new inside staterooms. So this, that 31 days, they were busy. Last but not least, Royal Princess arrives in L.A. for her inaugural West Coast season. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> Royal Princess just arrived last weekend to her new home port in Los Angeles, and it will be docked at San Pedro 
From there, Royal Princess departs weekly to the Mexican Riviera through April 27th. After that, the ship will spend a season in Alaska and then return to L.A. in September for more Mexican cruises. Going to throw you a curveball because something just came in. It looks like Princess is firming up that order for those two new cruise ships. Yeah, that's just off the hot off the presses. Um, this started back in 18, and they just announced that they're going to sign. They did sign the final contracts for construction of two next-generation 175,000-ton cruise ships. And these will be the LNG ships that are... It's like the new wave, right? The liquefied natural gas. Mm -hmm. They expect the ships to be built and ready in 2023 and then in the springtime of 2025. These will be the largest ships ever built in Italy. That seems so far away, doesn't it? But, I mean, if you think about it, it's just going to be right around the corner. I mean, look where we are now. Yeah, and I think about um, when um, Virgin Voyages, back then it was Virgin Cruises, first put their little idea out there. And, that you know, and here they're next year already. Been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Talk to you next week, Sherry. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at CruiseRadio.net. Connie just returned from her cruise on Norwegian Bliss out of Miami, and she's here to talk all about it. Hi, Connie. Hi. Excited to talk all about this cruise on uh, about Norwegian Bliss because um, it's a ship that's kind of been everywhere. It started over in Europe, then it went to New York, then down to Miami, through the Panama Canal to L.A., now back to Miami again. So she's been all over the map, and you got to sail her out of Miami on January 5th. So before we get to the ship itself, as we always do, we're going to take a step back. Uh, what made you want to take this cruise? Oh, my goodness. Well, when I first heard about the ship, I immediately started following the hashtag Norwegian Bliss mm -hmm. on Instagram. And I was following her progress as she was being built and as she was being tested and then the launching and the christening. And I just kept getting more and more excited. I, I had to get on this ship. <laughs> I just had to. So I talked one of my friends into going with me and we booked it almost two years out. I made my deposit on February 7th, 2017. So, yeah, we put our deposit on, and we were making payments on it, and I was just getting so excited because that ship came so luxurious to me. And it was. It was very classy without being stuffy. We'll get to that in just a moment. You're jumping way ahead of me, which I love because oh. you're so excited about it. And uh, it's very contagious here. So the... So you make your way from, you're a West Coaster, right? Yes. Yeah, so you make your way from the West Coast down to Miami, so clear across the map pretty much. Um, did you do any yep. pre-cruise uh, time in Miami? I did. I purposely flew out a day ahead because I didn't want to have any trouble with missing a connection or losing my luggage or just, you know, playing it safe. So we flew out the day before, and we spent an afternoon there in Miami, and in fact... 
I was part of a Facebook group that was sailing that week. Didn't know anybody on there, but we were going to meet at Bubba Gump and have an early dinner just to put, you know, faces to the names and, and get to know people that we were going to be cruising with. So that was really fun. The next day, you embarked on Norwegian Bliss. How was the embarkation process? It was so easy. We got there, we're in line to check in, and it was at that moment that I realized I had left all my printed paperwork back in California. Oh, no. (laughs) And I'm trying to get online to see if I can, like, download screenshots or whatever, and I couldn't log on. Finally, it was our turn to check in. All I did was show her my passport and my ID, my driver's license, and she checked us in, and we were good to go. And my friend and I looked at each other, and I thought, well, I panicked for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so about how how many minutes would you say it took from curb to ship? I'm going to say about 45 minutes. Okay. Which is still... So it wasn't bad. Yeah. yeah. I consider anything under an hour for embarkation decent. Yeah, exactly. You know? I agree with you. Yeah, so you I make agree. your way on board Bliss. What were your first impressions of her? Whoa. I mean, literally, I, I stopped in mid dried and and I said, whoa, (laughs) this ship is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. What about it really stuck out to you? I think that the core, Mm -hmm. um, it's just so beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. It sounds so cliche, but it's, it's gorgeous. It's classy. Yet I didn't feel like it was pretentious. I felt like I could relax and be myself and have a good time because I've been on another ship that I didn't particularly care for, Yeah, <laughs> which will remain nameless. Um, but yeah, yeah, it just was very welcoming. So you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? Oh my goodness. Okay. The stateroom itself was gorgeous. It was a, a I think it was a suite or it was a mini suite. We were way in the front of the ship. Mm-hmm. It was uh, 8710, and we had an extra-large balcony, and it was unbelievably roomy for the two of us, you know, but we had room for everything. You know, girls, they take all kinds of crap. we, We had room for everything, so it was really nice. The only drawback was I did not realize that it was right next to a crew area, because on the deck plans, it doesn't say anything about crew area, but there was a door right next to our door, and I could hear people going in and out all night because I'm a super light sleeper. Oh, yeah. So that was the only thing. But, you know, it wasn't bad. Norwegian is known for their freestyle dining, pretty much eat where you mm-hmm. want, when you want, with a reservation. What would you think of their buffet, and did you like it? We were very impressed with it, and yes, we liked it. We thought the food so much better than Carnival, I hate to say it, but the food was great. The selection was out of this world. I, I was just blown away. And the size of that buffet, my goodness, it's huge. Now, outside of the buffet, there's not really a main dining room per se, but there are dining rooms around the ship you can dine in. So what did you do mm-hmm. there? We, we tried Taste and we tried Savor, mm-hmm. and we loved the local. We ate there several times, in fact. The I local really is the old Oshihans, correct? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. The old, it's like a sports it's bar. It's comfortable. You know, mm-hmm. it's comfortable, and the, the food selection was good. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. That's I think that's number one uh, reason for me to sail with Norwegian again. I love the freestyle dining. Yeah, did you by chance get to to dine Uh in the barbecue restaurant? Yes, we did. 
And what did you think? We did uh, Q and we did Los Lobos. Oh, my two favorites on there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it it was quite good. At Q, we ordered this huge assortment planner Mm -hmm. and we shared that. And uh, because of the podcast, I told my friend, I said, we have to try the banana pudding. And I am so glad we did. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was humongous, but it was so good. <laughs> now, Q and Los Lobos are both specialty restaurants that are mm-hmm. for fee, F-E-E. Did you yeah. find that the value was there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. Especially for a first-time experience. You know, it was something I really wanted to try. My friend wasn't that excited about it because she goes, why should we pay extra if there's so much food on the ship? But I felt, hey, you know, let's try it. What the heck? We're here. Yeah. How do you, you don't know unless you try it. So I was very glad that we did. And especially at Los Lobos, we dined outside. Mm -hmm. And it was the night that we were leaving Tortola. So just as we were finishing our meal, our ship set sail. So it was really cool way to end the evening. Yeah, and that sail away from Tortola is amazing with the mountain ranges and the sun setting behind it. Just breathtaking. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Yeah, totally. Yes. Very good. Let's talk about entertainment. How was the entertainment on this seven-night cruise? Oh, Doug, it was great. My friend likes to go see shows. Mm-hmm. So I had reserved the two that are complimentary, the Jersey Boys and Havana. Mm-hmm. And I was very impressed. In fact, with Jersey Boys, I was blown away. It is that good. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. And of course, that music is from my era. So mm-hmm. I totally was digging it. You know, yeah. It was awesome. I couldn't get into Havana. When, when, I, when I say I couldn't get into it, like I, I had a seat, I just couldn't like mentally get there. Well, you know, I felt like I was. <laughs> I told my friend after I said, I felt like I was watching something from back in the 60s. <laughs> That's what it struck me as. You know, the costumes were great. You know, the singers were very, very good. Um, I'm glad I didn't pay for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it, not my thing. It, it was you know. solid. I mean, yeah, like you said, the the vocals were there, and I guess I don't know. It's just it's not my thing. But again, shows are so subjective, right? So you could, yeah. you know, with the entertainment aside, how were the sea days um, on this seven night cruise as far as crowds and congestion? They were great. Um, sea days are actually my favorite days. Uh, how about the dining venues on sea days? How was that? Uh, I didn't notice any congestion. I, you know, in fact, I made a remark to my friend that I'm like, "Whoa, this is a sea day, and it's not crazy." I guess because people are free to eat at whenever they feel like eating. It's not like everybody is there at noon. So that makes a huge difference. I feel it's such a great feeling too, isn't it? When it's like a sea day and you're not. Like, you know, shoulder to shoulder going through a hallway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Such a such a good feeling. Definitely. With with this yeah. sailing, because, um, you know, Norwegian always has like the pick two, pick three, pick five. Did you pick the drink package right. by chance? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I was looking forward to, just to be able to order a drink and not worry about, you know, what my bill was going to be like at the end of it. And we picked uh, the internet. Okay which I won't do next time. I'd rather just pay for the social media package. Well, let's talk about your ports of call on this seven-night cruise. You went to Tortola, St. Thomas, and Nassau. So give us a highlight from each one. Well, Tortola was really pretty. Um, I got to see quite a bit of it on our the land portion of our tour. Uh, but you still saw a lot of devastation 
and that was really sad. Um, I learned that the guy that was driving our tour bus, he had sustained quite a bit of damage at his home. So he was just trying to make ends meet and trying to, you know, get extra gigs here and there, and that's why he was driving. And then you went to St. Thomas next. What did you do there? Yeah, St. Thomas was my favorite because I had been there before. This was my third time at St. Thomas, and actually, I waited too long. The last time I was there was 30 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, but Megan's Bay, oh, my God, it's still beautiful, still pristine. Absolutely my favorite part of of the island was going there and spending some time, you know, in the water. Loved it. Yeah, I'd say... Highly recommend it. Yeah. Did you see any kind of storm damage um, in St. Thomas when you were there? We saw a little bit. Okay. Yeah, but not much. Not much. But mostly we saw it in Tortola. Mm. Okay. So your last stop was Nassau. What'd you do there? Well, we just had time, first of all, getting off the ship. We hung out, uh, out on the boardwalk again with a drink, just watching the people, and we watched a ship come into port. And I was amazed just watching it, how slowly it had to come in and dock. But that was cool. That was fun to watch. And then we just basically spent time down in the, is it called the straw market? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just spent some time there, and we each got some earrings, and, <laughs> and then got back on the ship. We didn't spend too much time down in Tortola, I mean, in uh, NASA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you make your way back to Port Miami. How was your debark process? That was so fast. I was amazed. I expected that we would get off the ship around 10, 30, 11 o'clock. But by 8 a.m., we were already on a airport shuttle bus <laughs> to get to the airport. Yeah, it was fast. And we did the self-assist. Mm-hmm. It was really fast. I was blown away by how quickly we got off the ship. In closing here, we'll wrap this up then. Do you have any first-time tips to offer anyone who may be considering or who is sailing Norwegian Bliss? If you're trying to decide which perk to take, definitely take the drink package and do the specialty dining. You're better off paying for the Internet because uh, I think it was really slow, and I think you probably get better connection if you pay for it. Also, we, we ran out of time. I ended up paying an additional amount just to do a few more things, a few more postings. You know, I'm always on Instagram mm-hmm. posting pictures and stuff. So, yeah, next time I will pay up front for the internet. Well, what are your final thoughts of Norwegian Bliss? It was a great ship. The staff was fantastic. Uh, our room steward was such a wonderful person, great personality. Everyone that we encountered on that ship was gracious and helpful and always had a smile. And I loved that. That made me feel like I made the right choice, sailing with Norwegian. It sounded like an awesome cruise. Connie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your review of Norwegian Bliss. It was good to finally talk to you in person. Oh, thank you, Doug. It was a blast. We always enjoy answering your cruise excursion questions. If you have one, drop me an email, Doug at CruiseRadio.net. Rob joins us today from CruisingExcursions.com. Hello, Rob. Hey, hey, Doug. Good afternoon. First one here is from Heidi. We're going to a cruise that visits Oslo. Which excursion should we definitely do? My husband is a photographer, so we want to take a lot of beautiful pictures. Oh, wonderful. Definitely recommend our um, essential collection, our Oslo Highlight City Tour. It's a half-day tour. It gives you the very best of Oslo. It begins within the heart of the city, where you'll see the medieval Akershus Fortress, 
the modernist Oslo City Hall. So straight away there, you've got the contrast between old Oslo and new Oslo. You'll see the Storting Building, which is the seat of the Norwegian Parliament, the Royal Palace and the National Theatre, all within Oslo itself. The tour would then venture outside of Oslo to the Holman Holm Ski Jump. But no worry, there's no need to bring the skis. We just stopped there for some lovely panoramic views of Oslo, um, really some breathtaking views, so you'll get some fantastic pictures there. The tour will then finish up at Frogner Park, which is a public park where they have a... Um, a sculpture installation, the Vigiland installation, where there's 212 modernist sculptures on display within this park. So again, a wonderful opportunity for you to get some lovely pictures to take back and share with your friends upon your return. Jane has the next question. Our tour visits Watermarn, Germany. Any suggestions for what to do in Berlin? Oh, definitely. Uh, Berlin, personally, is my favourite city in the world. I absolutely love it. Um, I would always recommend a tour to Berlin, you know, because there's so much history there. Obviously, the history of the World War, you know, the Berlin Wall as well. You'll get to see Checkpoint Charlie, the Brandenburg Gate, and also taking a view, uh, view to the Jewish Memorial. So it's a very memorable day. It's, a, it's quite a long tour. But Berlin is one of those cities that's so magical, so steeped in history, that I definitely think a tour is recommended there um, to really get the most of it and to create those memories for yourself to take back um, when you return off your cruise. Lori has the next question. Looking for recommendations on how to spend our day in Bergen, Norway. Should we take, explore, uh, should we take a tour or explore it on our own? Okay, don't. So with Bergen and obviously the Norwegian fjords, the towns that you are visiting are quite small towns. So they are very accessible, but I would always advise to take a tour in these places to get the history and the feel for the place, rather than just walking around on your own. Um, you can maybe get a little bit lost and not take everything in. Mm-hmm. So with our guided tour, it's a half-day tour that gives you a panoramic viewing of Bergen and taking all the best sites that it has to offer. So you'll visit Briggen, which is a UNESCO heritage site, which um, you may have seen on postcards, on the internet, which is where they have all the steepled houses, all different colours. Um, by the port there is absolutely wonderful site. You will then also take in um, the Berghaus Fortress and the Rosenkrantz Tower that are also located within Bergen and really get a good feel for the city. And if you did then want to spend maybe some free time in the afternoon and, and do your own thing and make your own way back to the ship, you would have that option also. Back to what you were saying about always taking a tour. I agree 100%. When I did my very first cruise to the Med, I did Rome on your own. And I did that instead of taking a tour. Well, I got to Rome and I had no clue what I was doing. I had no clue about the history. So then the next time I went back to Rome, I took a tour. So in hindsight, I would have taken the tour first and then explored it on my own after the tour. I'm completely with you there, Doug. Because like you say, you can walk around with your blinkers on and not really be taken in the sights right. and... um and really what the city has to offer. So I always think a guided tour is the best way to get the most out of your days in port. Next question comes from Kathleen. We're going on the voyage of the Midnight Sun to Norway in June on Holland America's Koningsdam. We really want to do a tour in Geringer, Norway. Do you have any suggestions? Oh, definitely. Um, we have a tour in um, Geringer, our essential collection, Eagle Road, Floydal Juve Viewpoint, and Mount Dalsniba. It's a panoramic tour that's going to give you some amazing views of, um, of Geiranga and across the Norwegian fjords as well. It goes to some of the most elevated vantage points um, that the coach can reach to. So going down some wonderful winding roads um, all along the fjords. Um, you'll take a stop at uh, Mount Dalsniba, which again, gorgeous views across the fjords, um, and the Floydal Gorge. 
And you will then also take a trip to the Norsk Fjord Centre to see some unique exhibits there about the history of Geiranga and the fjords itself. Um, so it's quite a panoramic tour, just giving you some wonderful overview of Geiranga and some gorgeous views of the fjords itself as well. Last question is from Rhonda. We have never been to Tallinn before. Do you have any tours that would visit all of the highlights? We certainly do. We have our essential collection, Tallinn highlights and surrounding tours. So, you know, from the name of that itself, it ticks all the boxes. Um, it does give you a very good overview of Tallinn itself. Tallinn is one of those ports along the Baltic cruise that a lot of people overlook, um, as they've maybe not done a lot of research into Estonia. And what's really to see in Tallinn? It's such a magical city. It reminds me of like a fairy tale with all the steeple buildings, um, all like the gold ornaments and that sort of thing. And it is just a magical place. So um, our tour will take in all the sites um, that Tallinn has to offer. And it really is a historical, cultural and religious hotspot for all visitors. There's really something for everyone there. Um, you know, whether you want to try local cuisine, the history um, of, of the city itself, there really is something that ticks the boxes for everyone. I love that these cruise lines or these cruises that are going to Northern Europe are starting to get popular again. Years ago, they were popular. Then all the cruise lines pulled out and came back to the U.S. and got out of Europe. And now they're slowly starting to get back up there again. So cool to see such a unique part of the world that you don't really um, mm -hmm. you wouldn't maybe experience anywhere else and to have that option to spend you know a week 12 nights sailing through the fjords it's just magical i wonder how much awareness disney's movie frozen brought to the area i imagine quite a bit yeah. to be honest probably so we've been talking with rob over at cruisingexcursions.com rob thank you so much for answering these questions today my friend thank you very much Doug. pleasure as always a big question we get at cruise radio is how do i know if i need trip insurance Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.